BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. If you're like me and suffer from insomnia, you know what? That's not fun. You know, I tried everything. I couldn't get a good night's sleep. And this is neither drug nor alcohol induced. That's right. It is my pillow. Mike Lindell invented it. And he fitted me for my first my pillow. And it's changed my life. I fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer. And the good news, you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com, promo code Sean, and take advantage of one of Mike Lindell's best offers, his special four-pack. You get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows to go anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow's made in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, no risk to you, and a 10-year warranty. You don't want to spend more sleepless nights on a pillow tossing and turning that's not working for you. Just go to MyPillow.com right now, use the promo code SEAN, and you get Mike Lindell's special four-pack. You get two MyPillow premium pillows, two go-anywhere pillows, 50% off, and you'll start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep you've been craving and deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Sean. All right, glad you're with us. Sean Hannity Show, right down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Oh, this is great news, breaking on Drudge. Even as we come on the air here today, oh, the headline on Drudge is, Mueller wants witnesses' phones. Oh. Wonder why? Guess you can't have any privacy on your phone. I want. I demand your phone. You're a witness. Give it to me. Uh, I don't. Does he have a right to people's phones? I guess I have to subpoena that. Anyway, he is requesting witnesses now turn in their personal phones to inspect their encrypted messaging programs and potentially view conversations. By the way, can he do this for Strzok and Page and Loretta Lynch? Can he also, while well, I'm just thinking, while well, Hillary, oh, that's right, Hillary, she busted hers up with a hammer. How stupid of me to think about that. Yeah, she broke hers with, 
after she acid washed them, of course, she can't handle over anything. Uh, it would be a pretty nice thing, though. Anyway, the special counsel team requesting the witnesses turn over these phones. And since as early as April, Mueller's team has now been asking witnesses in the Russia probe to turn over phones to agents to examine private conversations uh, that they have on WhatsApp, uh, Confide, Signal, I know what Signal is, and Dust, according to sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Fearing a subpoena, witnesses have uh, complied with the request and have given over their phones. What Now, just stop for a second here and just imagine. What if all the witnesses in the Robert Mueller case, what if they did what Hillary did? Just stop for a second. What, what, if, what if all of these witnesses made a decision? Well, they're going to subpoena. They haven't even subpoenaed them yet. There's a threat that he will subpoena them. And they decide, you know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to delete all my emails and all my conversations on these, you know, extra encryption program things that people put on their phones. I'm so dumb I can't even download an app. That's how dumb I am. Thank God the new phones, it actually does it automatically once the person at Apple Store actually does it for you. They love me. I abuse my phones. Drop them, throw them, you know, just everything. So I have to, I just, I hand it in for a new one. Anyway, so... While it's unclear if uh, Mueller's discovered anything, but he wants those phones, boy. What if somebody acid washed their computers? I mean, I guess if you could acid wash a computer, like with a cloth, you know, you could. Did you wipe the surface? What, like with a cloth or something? No. I mean, I guess you could use bleach bit, right? I mean, there's got to be a program for bleach bit for phones. Well, what if Robert Mueller asks for your phone and you use acid wash on your phone? This is not okay. Well, hang on. If it's okay for you, it ought to be okay for the rest of us. That's the whole point here. And then, (laughs) you know, sweet baby James, you know, even with his horrific back and he got his hip replaced, poor sweet baby James, prior to that and what triggered the last bout you had with your back was you going out there splitting wood an entire Saturday you know, thinking you're a lumberjack, and uh, and look what happened. And, and anyway, I've just imagine if somebody did the same thing. Anyway, they filed the claim, Manafort, witness tampering. Anyway, encryption to protect privacy. The encrypted applications are used to keep conversations private, give users the ability to have discussions. By the way, if we go back, we've had people like Bill Binney on this on this program. That say every single text, every single call, every single email is metadata stored. So why do they bother people to go digging through their phone when they can go get it at one of these metadata centers? Are you saying that every American can be wiretapped against their will without any warrant at any point? No, I'm saying they are. You're saying every, you mean, I have been wiretapped. That's right. Repeatedly. Yes. And by wiretapping, that means what? Recording my phone conversations, taking my yeah, emails, right. my texts. Right, that's, that's correct. And also storing it for mining. It's all done under Executive Order 12333, Section 23C. Well, 12333 is the one that Obama put in place just two weeks before he left. Well, he opened it up to all the other agencies in the intelligence community. Originally, it was just uh, restricted. Uh, the only ones you, who had uh, access were NSA, CIA, and FBI. You're saying that every American listening to this program and every American in this country is being surveilled by our government without 
any type of warrant. Isn't that against unreasonable search and seizure, sir? Yeah, it's a violation. This is why I left NSA in 2001. They're violating the first, fourth, fifth, and sixth amendments of the Constitution, as well as any number of laws. Oh, whoopsie daisy. You know, I mean, just think, now it sounds like, oh, Hannity, you're being absurd here. That's absurd, the idea that anyone would do what Hillary did and get away with it. That's why, you know, I'm getting really antsy about the Inspector General report in the hands of people like Rod Rosenstein, the same Rod Rosenstein that begged Paul Ryan, oh, pretty please don't release what eventually became the Nunes memo and the Grassley-Graham memo about FISA abuse. We know what the IG report on Hillary Clinton's email server should say. We already know the story. Evidence is incontrovertible. It's just a matter of how far the inspector general is going to go, whether or not, like in the case of the deputy attorney general, McCabe, whether or not James Comey is going to be held responsible for what he did in all of this. Now, there's some reports today, and I'll get to that in a second, but... You know, I have my suspicions that, you know, two weeks in the hands of Rod Rosenstein and Rod Rosenstein and company in the deep state, you know, getting their two week, three week, maybe four week period of trying to pressure the inspector general to alter his report. uh, That would not be beyond comprehension now, would it? I don't think so, especially with the intensity by which they have obstructed Congress has a constitutional duty at oversight to actually dig in and check out, you know, what the documents say and don't say. They haven't been willing to hand those over. And the Inspector General report is 400 pages long. It was completed several weeks ago. It's taken 18 months, and we still can't get our hands on it. And my biggest fear now is, what's today, Wednesday? Okay, next Tuesday, a week from yesterday, well, the president's going to be in Singapore having a summit with Kim Jong-un. By the way, we will be there in Singapore. Uh, I know that kind of shocked you, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, But the point is, you know, this is an amazing, you know, moment in history here. How is it they get to go through it all? How is it that, you know, and this is a problem I've had with the inspector. You don't get to get a grand jury. You know, well, Jeff Sessions says, well, he's going to hire some other guy and then he'll make the decisions. It never ends. Congress now has at least 30 FBI agents that will corroborate laws were broken. The process by which they did the investigation was one designed to protect Hillary Clinton at all costs. We have agents. The heroes of this story are going to be FBI rank and file. Oh, Hannity, you've been trashing the FBI. No, I'm not. I'm trashing the few people at the top that abused their power and involved in corruption. Those are the ones we're looking at. And I look at the, the, you know, look at, for example, this came out ABC News today that the IG report will launch a devastating, devastating broadside against FBI Director James Comey. We tried to warn him. I even tweeted him that he has the right to remain silent. Anyway, to borrow a phrase from... Barack Obama's spiritual mentor from the Church of GD America, the Reverend Wright. It may be that Comey's chickens are finally coming home to roost here. According to ABC, the Justice Department's internal watchdog has now concluded that James Comey defied authority at times during his tenure as FBI director. I would interpret that as breaking the law. But anyway, one source telling ABC the draft report explicitly used the word insubordinate to describe Comey's behavior. 
oh, I guess then Trump was justified in firing him. And another source agreed with the characterization but couldn't confirm the use of the term. In a draft report, the inspector general also rebuked a former attorney general, Loretta Lynch, for her handling of the federal investigation into Hillary Clinton's personal email server. And a draft of the wide-ranging reports specifically is calling out Comey for ignoring objections from the Justice Department when he disclosed in a letter to Congress just days before the 2016 presidential election that FBI agents had reopened the Clinton probe, according to sources. Clinton had said, well, that doomed her campaign. So we're going to go down that road. We're going to use Hillary's corrupt. I'll tell you what should have doomed Hillary's campaign was when she broke the law. That should be the real part of the interview. And uh, Georgie Stephanopoulos, Clinton sycophant, turned ABC news anchor. If the attorney general ordered you to not send the letter, would you have sent it? No. I believe in the chain of command. Anyway, the draft cites Comey for failing to consult with Lynch and other senior department justice officials. Well, he did consult with Lynch. Remember, she was the one that said it's not an investigation, it's a matter. And he followed through on those orders. And he insisted the secretary of state was careless but the original draft set met the legal standard. In other words, you know, he said there was no evidence she intended to violate the law, and she was extremely careless of her handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. Uh, but that, but the original draft of it said the exact met she met the exact standard for criminal activity: reckless handling of classified information. Anyway, by then, Lynch had taken the unusual step of publicly declaring she would accept the FBI's recommendations in the case after she met on the tarmac with Bill Clinton. Uh, And you wonder, you know, and Donald Trump's supposed to talk to Robert Mueller and Andrew Weissman? What are they going to want, Donald Trump's phone next? I guess that's next. Rudy Giuliani ratcheting up, saying it's, you know, they're trying very hard to frame the president. Well, that's what a perjury trap is. That's the whole point of the thing. You know, just like Judge Ellis said, put the screws to Paul Manafort on a 2005 tax case involving Ukraine, having nothing to do with Russia, and then to get him to sing or compose so they can prosecute or impeach Donald Trump. Another big part of this story is unfolding as we speak uh, because it appears that the deputy attorney general, now a criminal referral out in his case, and that is uh, Andrew McCabe, Looks like he wants to flip, and he's seeking immunity from prosecution in exchange for his testimony. I'd be James, if I'm James Comey, I'd be pretty nervous right now because he's seeking immunity in terms of in, in exchange for his testimony about uh, the Justice Department's watchdog referral for pros- possible pers- uh, prosecution ahead of the congressional hearing on the handling of the Clinton email probe during the 2016 presidential election. The problem is, is all these guys, Strzok and Page and Lynch and Comey and McKay, they all wanted Hillary to be the candidate. They all thought Hillary was going to win, but they did need an insurance policy in case Donald Trump won. And the FBI's top Trump hater, we'll get to this when we get back, Peter Strzok, he's played, we're now discovering, a much larger role in both the Hillary and the Russian probes than anybody had previously known. That's breaking today. Anyway, if in fact, now if I was to say on this program today, uh, if the special counsel of Robert Mueller and Andrew Weissman and Jeannie Ray, who worked for the Clintons, and all these top 
donating Democrats uh, that are involved in the witch hunt against Trump. If I was to tell you, if they asked for your phone, no, no, just don't worry about it. Just delete all your emails, acid wash your phone, break it up with a hammer, and then send it over. And say, here, you can have this. But take out the SIM card, the way Hillary did. She sent phones over to the FBI without SIM cards, rendering them meaningless. Um, it's so freaking corrupt. If I did that, told people that, I'm obstructing justice. I'm encouraging. I'm suborning the obstruction of justice. So I'd never do it. But I'm just saying, if I did do it, that's what they'd think. With only a kite, a house key, and wet hemp string, Benjamin Franklin captured lightning in a bottle. Over 260 years later, with a little resourcefulness, ingenuity, and grit, we're not only capturing energy from the sun and wind, we're storing it, ensuring Americans have the energy they need whenever they need it. Learn more about the nation's leader in energy storage at nexteraenergy.com. As we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. So it looks like Comey selected the FBI's most notorious Trump hater, get this, to run both the Hillary email and the Russiagate probes, and that the number one Trump hater played a much larger role in those investigations than previously reported. Now, Fox News and Catherine Herridge is reporting that Peter Strzok the guy that was pulled off. Remember, he was one of the you know, Trump haters appointed by Robert Mueller, the special counsel for his team last year. We now discover he played a more central role than previously known in both the Russia and Hillary Clinton email probes, according to a lawmaker familiar with the matter. Now, the lawmaker's assessment of Strzok's role in both investigations was based on the most recent records and testimony, including a closed-door interview with an FBI espionage chief by the name of Bill Priestap. And he was interviewed Tuesday as part of an ongoing joint investigation by the House Judiciary and Oversight Committees, and he was struck superior, and he oversaw both the Russia and Clinton investigations. And the lawmaker described uh, this particular individual as a very cooperative witness, but added that unanswered questions remained about his overseas travel, one line of questioning concerned a trip to London that he made in May of 2016 and whether or not it was connected to the Russia case. Now, that trip was referenced by Strzok in a May 4th, 2016 text message to the former FBI lawyer, the lawyer for Andrew McCabe, Lisa Page, that said Bill would be back from London next week. Of course, they won't release all the Page-Strzok memos, Anyway, uh, January 30th of last that year, Strzok emailed his boss, another FBI colleague, expressing dismay about statements made by Josh Ernest, claiming that Clinton was not the target of an FBI probe into a private email server that kept that she kept while Secretary of State. Uh, below is not helpful, Strzok wrote. Certainly the White House is going to do whatever it wants, but there's a line they need to hold with regard to the appearance of non-appearance. Just the appearance. He's basically admitting that the fix was in. And Strzok was then later reassigned to Human Resources Division following the, re the revelations of these text messages with his uh, lover, Lisa Page. And in addition to his work on the Mueller probe, Strzok was the lead agent on the Clinton email 
case inside the Bureau known as the Mid-Year Exam. And he, of course, was in Operation Crossfire Hurricane, heading off to London, Papadopoulos, Downer, and everybody else. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SHAWN. We'll load it up today as, well, there's so much news on this front. The IG report now is done. Why aren't we getting our hands on it? Or are they going to try and bury it on a summer Friday this week, leading into a, a massive news cycle summit? And that, of course, being the president sitting down in Singapore with Kim Jong-un. Unbelievable. But the IG report apparently accuses Comey of insubordination. Whether this goes as far as a criminal referral, we know what went wrong. We know what happened here. None of this is a big surprise in any way. You know, it's, um, I, I got to tell you, hang on a second. Somebody's writing, what does that mean? What does that mean? Struck and Page talking makes it sound like an entrapment operation. Not sure what that means. Um, but the IG report, all right, insubordination is one thing, but we know the crimes that were committed here. That's the thing. There's not any ambiguity. It is illegal to put. The type of information, classified, top secret, special access programming information on a mom and pop shop server. It's illegal. And if you're subpoenaed to hand over your emails, like apparently in the news today, we got Robert Mueller is requesting. And I guess that means we'll subpoena if you don't cooperate witnesses to turn in their personal phones to inspect their encrypted messaging programs. Okay, well, imagine if someone acted the way Hillary did. Giuliani is just outright saying it, that Mueller and his merry band of, you know, Andrew Weissman pit bulls and Jeannie Rays out there is out to literally frame Donald Trump. Well, it's called the perjury trap is what they're trying to set. And it's very interesting about McCabe now, the deputy FBI director, did have a criminal referral. It is interesting that, in fact, he wants to give testimony. And he's ready to flip, it seems. Now we see that, in fact, Catherine Herridge reporting that Peter Strzok is playing a much bigger role than anybody thought at the time. It's another big story today. Now, let me just tell you how this is ultimately going to play out, even though they're slow rolling. The very people that have obstructed Congress and their request and their subpoenas for information. And and they have slow walked the whole process and they have fought every step of the way and they've redacted in the name of national security when really they were only redacting in the spirit of national embarrassment that they didn't want to face. Anyway, that in and of itself should be contempt to Congress. Why that hasn't happened yet, I don't know. But how this is going to work, eventually we're going to get some version of the IG report, depending on how. He capitulates to the pressure of Rod Rosenstein and company or whether or not they bury this report on a summer Friday or on the weekend. Or maybe they'll even be as bold as to release it next Tuesday, the day of the summit between Trump and Kim Jong-un. That'll speak volumes about whether or not you can trust what the IG is actually doing here. But what's going to happen immediately after that, there are now at least 30 FBI agents that are standing by, hoping and praying and begging to be subpoenaed. Most people in their life don't beg for subpoenas. Why are they begging for subpoenas? Because they want to tell their story. They want to talk about the special category that Hillary Clinton got. They're going to talk about, and I'm sure many of them worked on examples, like in the Christian Saucier case, 
where, you know, the poor guy takes six pictures of a submarine that he's proud to work in, and he kept it for his own personal use. He didn't post it online. It wasn't a social media posting of any kind. He loses his camera. They find him, and they put the guy in jail for a year. Now, compare that to what Hillary Clinton did and the obstruction aspect of it. It's unbelievable. So it's going to happen. You know, we're getting dates now put together, and you're going to see committees in the Senate and the House, what they're going to do after the IG report. Well, first, the IG himself will, I believe, testify. I hope it's not behind closed doors. Anyway, examining the inspector general's first report on Justice Department FBI actions in advance of the 2016 presidential election. Well, that's scheduled to begin next week, but I think it's now going to be put off in light of the fact that they're trying to alter and redact and slow walk the IG report, which has already been 18 months in the making. Michael Horowitz himself is expected and slated to testify. The House Oversight Committee is also preparing to have Horowitz appear before them sometime this month, according to congressional sources. Two figures now are said to be at the center of this report, James Comey and Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe. Well, I would also have to imagine it's got to be Loretta Lynch, and I have to imagine it's got to be Peter Strzok, considering he was co-authoring the exoneration before the investigation. I got to believe that Lisa Page, you know, is the attorney giving recommendations for Andrew McCabe. She's got to be in the middle of this. And the IG in, in investigation, they, they should hold Comey and McCabe and all these other people accountable for the mishandling of number of key elements in this case, because not one American would ever have gotten away with this. So Horowitz will be called to testify. House Republicans are planning to interview this month a number of FBI officials linked to the agency's handling of the Clinton email probe, which is part of the ongoing joint investigation by the House Judiciary Oversight Government Reform Committees. And uh, the assistant director of the FBI's counterintelligence division was in yesterday. And he's meeting with lawmakers and we met with lawmakers in a closed door session yesterday. He's the one that seemed to give good testimony as it relates to what Peter Strzok was up to. Then we've got, uh, well, now Mueller's team. And I guess this is probably Andrew Weissman himself. I mean, you got to ask yourself a question. Andrew, how does Jeannie Ray, a woman that was a lawyer for the Clinton Foundation, how is she on any of this, involved in any of this? It's mind-numbing to me, just like Peter Strzok was in this. And the inspector general tipped off uh, Robert Mueller and said, uh, yeah, there are text messages here. You've got some problems coming. Anyway, so Mueller has ex- accused Manafort of witness tampering. See what that's all about. I guess they're going to have to respond by Friday of this week. Remember, I mentioned just a few moments ago, Christian Saucier, he served his country with honor. And distinction during his time, and he was proud of his work aboard a U.S. Navy nuclear submarine. Now, he's about to perform even a bigger service to his country. He filed a lawsuit against Barack Obama and James Comey for creating a two-tier justice system. One for average Americans like himself. They got tossed in the brig for the most minor infraction imaginable. Now, he did get a pardon for Trump, but he spent his time in jail. Away from his mother and his bride and his little baby daughter. Anyway, and, you know, as it relates to the politically connected, especially if your last name's Clinton and they want you to win the presidency, you get to flout the law, reckless abandonment. You get to 
do everything you ever want to do in terms of obstructing justice and you're never going to get in trouble. And Christian Saucier, who served a year in federal prison for six photos of a submarine that he was proud to work on. By the way, it was an old submarine. Not like it was a new submarine. Not like new classified. It's just where he worked. His lawyer said to Fox News that he expects they're going to file in Manhattan and will name the U.S. Department of Justice, former FBI Director James Comey, and former President Barack Obama among defendants. They interpreted the law, in my case, to say it was criminal, Saucier told Fox News, referring to the prosecuting authorities in his case, but they didn't prosecute Hillary. Hillary's still walking free, and she did far worse. We're going to highlight the differences in the way Hillary was not prosecuted and how my client was prosecuted and was seeking to cast a light on all of this to show that there is a two-tier justice system and we want it to be corrected. Sounds like he was listening to the show because we've been pointing out the, the, you know, the, the whole injustice of this for a long, long time. Sad in so many ways. Anyway, uh, while campaigning and after taking office, Trump frequently voiced support for Saucier. And then he gave him the pardon. We have a new memo out regarding all of this that suggests Sally Yates. Remember her? Uh, Oh, great. Um, Sally Yates may have falsely accused General Flynn of lying to the FBI. This is getting interesting. This is written by Talking Points Memo. Now, for months, speculation had swirled around the question if the FBI agents who interviewed General Flynn, one of them, again, Peter Strzok. This guy's everywhere. He's writing the exoneration of Hillary Clinton. He's interviewing Hillary Clinton. He's interviewing General Flynn. He's the guy that's racing off to Europe to meet with, you know, Alexander Downer, the guy that donated $25 million to the Clinton Foundation. If I made up a novel, you wouldn't believe any of this. And there are people saying to me, you know, Kennedy, could you make a big board? Because it's getting hard to follow this. I'm trying to make it and simplify this as much as I can. I don't think the I don't think the best imagination could create this and believe it. But you know what? Especially in the United States. You know, we thought our system was better. We believed in our system. We believed that we could give powerful tools to to the, to the professionals in law enforcement, Department of Ju- Justice and Intelligence. Well, you can to the rank and file guys because they're amazing, but you can't to the upper echelon that have political connections everywhere because then they're going to abuse them. Anyway, the, uh, for months the speculation swirled around the question. If the FBI agents who interviewed General Flynn didn't think he was lying and their boss James Comey said he didn't think he was lying, How did General Flynn end up getting indicted by Robert Mueller for lying to the FBI? Remember, that was one of the redactions in the name of national security that they didn't want us to see? Claim national security? No, it turned out to be embarrassing security for them. Because what they had redacted was the fact that James Comey said that Michael Flynn didn't lie. He didn't believe that he lied or the other agents didn't believe he lied. Anyway, so you got new details on all of this, showing how the White House counsel, Don McGahn, remembered his late January 2017 meetings with Sally Yates, and then the acting attorney general at that point confirmed 
much of Yates' own account of the meetings, and Yates has testified that she informed McGahn of false statements given by then-National Security Advisor Michael Flynn to Vice President Mike Pence about Flynn's conversations with his soon-to-be Russian counterpart. But the account laid out by McGahn in a memo that partially became public this week differs from Sally Yates' testimony that was given to the Senate Judiciary Committee in early May of 2017. Yeah, why are we finding out now? I know I'm thinking the same thing. And McGahn and Yates disagree on whether or not Yates signaled to McGahn that the FBI, that Flynn gave the FBI as well as Pence a false account of his phone calls with his soon-to-be Russian counterpart during the presidential transition. In December, Flynn pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI in January of 2017 in an interview about whether the topic of Russian sanctions came up. And McGahn's account of the two meetings with Yates comes in the form of a memo that he wrote about two weeks after the meetings in which he quoted repeatedly by Trump's personal attorneys in their recently leaked January 2018 letter to Mueller. But in the letter, Trump's attorneys argued the White House concluded from McGahn's discussion with Sally Yates that Flynn was not under the FBI investigation. And according to McGahn's memo, his account differs from Yates' claim in a major way. And McGahn's memo says that Yates claimed that Flynn's statement to the FBI were similar to those she understood that he made to Spicer and the vice president. And Yates then, meanwhile, told Congress that when she informed McGahn that Flynn had been interviewed by the FBI, she declined to answer McGahn's question about how Flynn did in the FBI questioning. Somebody's not telling the truth here. And I would suspect that's Sally Yates, if I had to bet. If I was a, now we're going to have sports betting. Maybe we need to have some betting on, you know, all this deep state stuff. That's what I'm thinking. Um, we have a lot more to get on all of this. Uh, we also have Laura Trump is going to stop by today. I mean, what they've done in the last, you know, 48 plus hours against Melania is so disgraceful. And they knew she had an operation and they knew she was at the White House. And four reporters had even seen her, but just let all of these false reports go out there. And all of this reckless spe- speculation. Imagine if it ever happened in the Obama years. We also have Ron DeSantis and Sarah Carter. Sarah Carter, like I believe, and she's reporting, sees the IG report in the hands of Rod Rosenstein now for two weeks is extremely troubling and likely meaning that they're seeking changes and that they want to certainly bury when it is released. That would be tomorrow or the next day or maybe next Tuesday during the summit. Hey, we all know Washington is despicable. It's a sewer. It's a swamp. The deep state. We see what they're doing to the president. We see what they're doing to the country and the rule of law. The president's just trying to keep his promises, and he's doing a good job in 501 days. We see all the numbers. We'll go through it uh, later in the program today. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. All right, a lot, a lot to break down today. We also have news uh, out of North Korea uh, Dennis Rodman will be in Singapore. <laughs> I don't know. What am I supposed to say? I had a great conversation once with D- Dennis Rodman, and he was making fun of me, and I was making fun of him, and it was actually very friendly. And um, remember, he kept going over to Kim Jong-un, and I was giving, I was giving him a hard time. No, you don't know. You don't know. I'm like, yeah, I do. Look at the, look at the suffering of the people there. All right, when we come back, uh, why is the IG report delayed? What about this? What do we anticipate as it relates to James Comey and uh, 
are we going to get our hands on it? Are they going to be successful in burying this or altering this or putting in redactions in this? Sarah Carter, Ron DeSantis will join us. Rand Paul coming up. Laura Trump is coming up. And your call straight ahead. Busy, busy Wednesday edition. So last August, we issued a subpoena. We should have been provided all of this information that we've been asking for over and over and over again. We issued a new subpoena. And so now we've been waiting. Uh, we've, we've attended two briefings. Uh, they were very small briefings, not a lot of information, but we were happy it was progress. Uh, we believe that there are some documents, information that we will review this week. Uh, what I would say is if you don't have any, anything to hide, the Deputy Attorney General knows that Mr. Gowdy would love to exonerate the Department of Justice and the FBI. So just provide us all the documents, everything that we're asking for, let us comb all the way through it, and we'll issue a letter on Friday and we'll be done with this. All right, that was Devin Nunes on with uh, Maria Baratoromo over the weekend. Yeah, give us the information. Of course, it's all being slow walked. And now, of course, the issue's gotten even bigger because we now know for two weeks the Department of Justice, the FBI, they have been now slow walking and trying to change the report of the inspector general. It's been 18 months this has been ongoing, and clearly they're asking for significant changes. They're asking for it to be watered down and redacted, and uh, also we're worried about the timing of the release of the document, which uh, it seems they may want to release it on the eve of the president's summit with Kim Jong-un, in other words, an attempt to bury it. It's 400-plus pages completed several weeks ago, and it's supposed to address the use of uh, Hillary Clinton's illegal server and, of course, her obstruction of justice and, of course, the fix being in. We already know the outcome of what it should be, and it's gone on long enough, and I think the American people have a right to all of this information. Uh, we're also learning today a lot of other new information I'm going to pass on to you is that the IG report is accusing Comey of insubordination and other things. We'll get to that in a second. We've got McCabe, the deputy FBI director. Uh, it appears now may be a key witness. He's seeking immunity from prosecution in return for his testimony, what appears to be against Jim Comey. And a circular firing squad is now developing here. Uh, we're finding out that it looks like, you know, James Comey selected the most uh, notorious Trump hater in the FBI to run both the Hillary email and the Russiagate probes. I'm talking about one of the lovebirds, Peter Strzok. Remember, his girlfriend was Andrew McCabe's you know, lead attorney at the FBI. Anyway, Strzok, who was pulled off the special counsel Robert Mueller's investigative team, played a more central role than was previously known in both the Russia and Hillary Clinton email probes, according to a lawmaker familiar with all of this. And we still haven't begun to get the avalanche of, of text messages between those two. We see the Senate is now acting, and Senator Chuck Grassley is now scheduling hearings on the Inspector General's email gate investigation. And uh, a lot more that's happening in a new memo suggesting that Sally Yates may have falsely accused General Flynn of lying to the FBI. And this is just touching, you know, the tip of the iceberg. Joining us now, investigative reporter and Fox News contributor Sarah Carter and gubernatorial candidate Congressman Ron DeSantis of Florida. We welcome both of you to the show. Let's start, Sarah, with your report about the slow walking. They've now, this is now in the hands of the likes of Rod Rosenstein, the guy who we know has been at the heart of obstructing Congress's investigation. And it appears he's trying to influence and get the inspector general to change his report, slow walk his report, and even 
you know, influence the timing of the report to to bury it, if you will, especially in light of the news that's coming next week. Well, and it's not surprising because we've seen Rod Rosenstein do this before. I mean, this is what he's doing uh, to the House Intelligence Committee, to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Every time any of the committees makes a request for documentation or tries to get to the truth, Sean, they put up a big blockade, they slow roll, uh, they claim national security risks, uh, then they have meetings, and at those meetings, nothing is ever divulged, no information is handed over, uh, and then what they do is they slowly start giving information, trying to elongate as much time as possible between them and the information and the people that are going, uh, that are requesting it. And now what we're seeing is that this is happening uh, to Horowitz, and that you're right. Rod Rosenstein, others within the DOJ are are reviewing this document, the 400-page-plus report over a year of investigation into what happened between the FBI and uh, their handling of the Hillary Clinton server. And now we're also seeing that the FBI itself, and we know Christopher Wray, is also uh, working alongside Rod Rosenstein uh, as well to ensure that this takes as much time as possible or, like you have said, it's dumped on a Friday, uh, and then it disappears right before the summit. So uh, this is very concerning to a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of lawmakers out there that are, are hoping that uh, Horowitz does not cave in to the DOJ or, it, or to the FBI or the other people that are involved in this, like James Comey, uh, Loretta Lynch. Remember, they all have a right to review this report and then add their own amendments to it and make their own arguments. So it is naturally going to take some time from the time the report is actually finalized uh, for them to do this. So it's not surprising that it's taken more time than the last few weeks. Uh, what is surprising is how they will handle it or how much longer it's going to take. Yeah. Uh, Congressman and gubernatorial candidate Ron DeSantis, uh, look, the, the bottom line is is now now we're at the point where I have we all have to be concerned because we really do have the Department of Justice investigating itself. I know that Michael Horowitz is supposed to be independent, but I'm also told that somebody like Rod Rosenstein can tell him when to release this thing. Is that true? Yeah, no, Sean. I think it's a, uh, there's a whole host of reasons to be concerned. I mean, go back to some of the montage you were playing with Devin Nunes. We've been asking for these documents since last summer, and uh, they basically stonewalled every step of the way. we got to uh, pull teeth. We'll get some trickled out. The ones that they do give, a lot of times they'll have redactions. We go back. It turns out the redactions really aren't designed to protect national security. They're just designed to protect the bureaucracy. So that is not something that um, that we can tolerate. But I think it's been a consistent pattern with the Justice Department um, to not give the American people the truth and to issue, uh, even, even if they are doing it, with redactions. So I'm concerned about the timing of this. But I'm also concerned, are they going to only agree to release this this report if it's heavily redacted? And that's not going to be acceptable. Well, I think, or what if they dump it this Thursday or Friday, going into a weekend leading up to a summit, a historic summit between Kim Jong-un and President Trump? That would be a great way to, to bury uh, the story. Um, but, you know, Sean, at the end of the day, Congress has the ability to put this front and center. And as you've seen for a while now, you have a handful of us 
who are really trying to get the American people the answers. You do have some folks who, even on the Republican side, you know, they think, hey, you know, there's nothing to see here. Let's just move along. And so that's the type of attitude, you know, that's not going to be effective. If we effectively prosecute the case based on the report, educate the American people, I think Sessions will have no choice but to follow through on any criminal referrals. Yeah, well, I mean, look at what we're hearing as it relates to James Comey, uh, that the report would accuse him of insubordination. The problem I'm having with what, uh, you know, the slow leaking that's coming out with this, Sarah Carter, is that we know Hillary violated the Espionage Act. We know she lied about having top secret classified special access programming information on the hard drives in the mom and pop bathroom closet. And we also know she deleted the emails that were subpoenaed and she acid washed the hard drives and she had her devices busted up. And then we also know an exoneration was written before an investigation. Now, I'm not even talking about the FISA abuse or the dossier issue, which is another Hillary involved issue. But, you know, that's what this report's supposed to be about. The facts are should not even be in dispute here. The question is, are the people responsible going to be held accountable? That's the issue. It's, it's a huge issue, and this is why, uh, you know, Congressman DeSantis is so right on the money when he talks about how they've had to fight tooth and nail uh, over these delay tactics. It appears, and it's very obvious, it doesn't just appear, it's very obvious that the FBI, the Bureau, as well as the Department of Justice, um, as well as the past administration, those senior officials that were involved in this, are doing everything they can to bury what is malfeasance and um, what was uh, actually possibly criminal behavior on the part of some of the people that were involved in this, covering up for Hillary Clinton. I mean, she did what she did using that server, but it was up to the Department of Justice, it was up to the FBI to ensure that there was a fair investigation, that the scales were balanced, and that people were conducting themselves in a manner which it was equal among all people. Had you or I done this, Sean, um, had we had a subpoena for emails or documents documentation and we destroyed it, we'd be in jail. And I think the American public is very well aware of what's been going on here. And that's why we've seen a shift in what the public has viewed and what the public is now seeing as a serious problem within our intelligence apparatus. And you're right, we haven't even talked about the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrants that were taken out on Carter Page, the possibility that an extended group of people were being monitored that were within the Trump campaign, the fact that there Spygate. I mean, these are all parts of this massive investigation that's been thrown into the hands of Inspector General Michael Horowitz, who is basically kind of floating on his own, along with the House Intelligence Committee, the Oversight Committees, the Judiciary on the Senate side. Um, and, And they really are up against a massive machine that does not want to expose what has been going on, I believe, for some time within the system and it was it is exposing a breakdown in the system and they want to bury that all right i I mean i guess at this point why doesn't the republicans in congress now now that they have just basically thumbed their nose at your constitutional authority of oversight why why isn't every republican i know 18 of them signed but 18 isn't enough they need every republican to demand that the documents that congress has subpoenaed be handed over and be handed over immediately why, how do they get away with this constant slow walking, lying about national security as they redact away only to be proven to be liars and slow walking the whole process in the hopes that, well, maybe we can get to November of 2018 and Nancy Pelosi wins and this all goes away? 
Well, the reason why they're able to get away with it is because Congress has let them get away with it. And, Sean, it's great to have, you know, 15, 20 of us pushing, and that's made a difference. But ultimately, you need to be willing to enforce Congress's prerogatives by holding people in contempt of Congress, by using the power of the purse. Or if it comes to that and you have an official who's just recalcitrant, you know, using the impeachment power against people who are civil officers. And I have not seen the willingness of the entire body to be willing to do that. Uh, I can tell you, though, if we actually did it, we would get the documents very shortly. I think they know they can get away with this, and so that's why they string us along, and we always do this song and dance. All right, we'll take a quick break, continue more with Sarah Carter and gubernatorial candidate from Florida. This is an important race down in Florida coming up in November, and that's Ron DeSantis, uh, currently a Freedom Caucus member. Uh, In the next hour, we'll be checking in with Senator Rand Paul, and uh, Laura Trump is coming up at the bottom of the hour, the horrific treatment of Melania and Ivanka yet again. All right, as we continue, we have Sarah Carter, investigative reporter, also gubernatorial candidate from the great state of Florida. Uh, We have our friend uh, Ron DeSantis. What are we to make Sarah Carter about McCabe? It looks like McCabe wanting immunity means he wants to flip. And the person I think he's most likely to flip on first is going to be James Comey. But now we're also finding out today that Peter Strzok played a much bigger role in all of this. And we knew he played a big role, but even bigger than we originally thought. Well, to start with, um, former Deputy Director Andrew McCabe, I mean, it appears that he is in a ton of hot water right now, uh, Sean. He is, you know, right now being asked to provide testimony to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, His attorney, Bromwich, has asked for immunity uh, for him to provide that testimony, which is so strange in and of itself to see somebody from such a high level. I mean, we know he has a criminal referral uh, on him uh, basically for lying to the FBI multiple times uh, during his interviews about whether or not he leaked information or authorized the leaking of information to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, If he does not receive immunity from the Senate Judiciary Committee, he will invoke his Fifth Amendment right uh, not to speak. Uh, That's also going to be very interesting. But if he does receive uh, this immunity from the Senate Committee, um, and I don't know, it's going to be a difficult process to get that through, uh, he could easily turn right on uh, Comey. And I know this talking from sources. Um, He has threatened uh, in the past that he would not be the only one to go down with a sinking ship uh, and that, you know, he is the person that would have the information. Look, he was the the same person that Peter Strzok was reporting to. They knew each other uh, very closely. He did not recuse himself uh, from the investigation when many people thought he was recused uh, from the Hillary Clinton investigation. Remember, he was involved uh, with uh, um, with uh, the seven hundred thousand dollars that went from here from the governor of Virginia uh, to uh, McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe, to his wife's campaign, her unsuccessful run for state senate here uh, in. 2015, uh, which was connected to the Bill and Hillary Clinton, to super PACs, and of course, uh, Terry McAuliffe is very close friends with the Clintons. So there is a lot on McCabe's plate. Remember, he still has, there's still internal inquiries into that behavior within the FBI. I mean, they have not res- uh, resulted yet in any uh, deliberations. They've, they've been investigating him for, for not reporting his finances. So there's a lot of things here at play, and there's a lot that McCabe could be discussing. 
All right, we're going to have to leave it there. And, uh, well, Congressman, hopefully soon to be Governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, thank you for being with us. We need these documents, uh, Congressman. Got to keep fighting. Uh, Thanks for being with us. We're working. When we come back, more vile, vicious attacks against Laura Trump and much more as we continue. This is The Sean Hannity Show. People have talked about a miracle. Uh, I'm hearing about a nightmare. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. Uh, This network devoted years of programming and promotional support to a reality show that was mold-breaking for the time and contributed largely to making this uh, New York developer, uh, uh, builder, licensor, landlord, investor, um, successful guy into a global celebrity and brand. A brand who sells brand name licensed products with his name on it. I think some of this cultural anger we should correctly identify as being racial animus and that it's significant that Trump is that Trump has closed so much of a gap and done so well with white voters. The extent to which Donald Trump is one running a campaign of racism and bigotry, turning out millions of white Americans for that campaign suggests that we are living through a kind of second redemption. Our country is about to face some serious crises. Donald Trump just last week he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look, look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country which does not want you to be president but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. <laughs> is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown. Donald Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. At real Donald Trump. At least I will go down as a president. So basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. Beginning of the end? This is probably starting of the beginning of the end for for Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room. So right now, we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80% favorite. We have different versions yeah, of the forecast you can look at. Well, has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. Come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's it. I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota. 
Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you. All right, there you have Boy, that is one of my favorite montages we've ever put together. They've never been so wrong in their life, and that's why the mass psychosis in the media and the Democratic Party kicked in about 10 p.m. November 8, 2016, and it's not stopped since. Look at these numbers. On the 501st day of Donald Trump's presidency, we now have, for the first time on record, the number of job openings in the United States of America now exceeds the number of unemployed Americans. We now have 14 states record low unemployment, record low unemployment with African-Americans, Hispanic Americans and women in the workplace. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. Joining us now is Laura Trump, who did you like that montage? Um, Sean, I could listen to that all day long. If you want to play it again, I would love to sit back and hear it again. That is I know, but amazing. we'll take all our, our, our interview time away. I mean, it takes a while, but it does make a pretty strong point. They never thought it could happen, did they? Yeah. No, they never thought it could happen. And um, honestly, it was just like reliving it all over again to hear them calling out state by state, sort of like you were just saying, November 8th, 2016. Uh, what an incredible night. And it's, it's sort of amazing to think we're here and... And as you just pointed out, on the 501st day of Donald Trump being our president and the incredible things that he has to show for it, um, I mean, he, he is going to go down in history, no doubt, as one of the greatest presidents this country has ever seen. And, I mean, he's only been in for a year and a half, Sean, and it keeps getting better. I, I love it, and I'm so proud of him, and um, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you about our new website and, and why we wanted to do it. Well, let's talk a little bit about it because we're 501 days in. We got rid of burdensome regulation. We know that we had the biggest tax cut in history. People have more money back in their pockets. Uh, you see the growth in the economy. You see record low unemployment numbers, labor participation numbers. And then, of course, we've got a big meeting next week with Kim Jong-un. We're out of the Iranian deal, and a lot of promises that have been made have been kept. Yeah, I mean, and, and by the way, can you think of any other president who could have done all of these things that Donald Trump has done? I continue to say, and I continue to believe, that he is pretty much the only person who could get Kim Jong-un to the table. The fact that, that this is happening next week is historic on all levels. You see that every president in the past 30 years has promised to move the American embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. It took Donald Trump to actually do it. And he is a person that keeps his word. And he said that time and time again on the campaign trail. Promises made, promises kept. And that is the name of our website, promiseskept.com. And often people end up asking us, you know, do you have somewhere you, that we can go to see all of the things that the president has done? Because, Sean, there are so many things. It's hard to keep track of them. And, and oftentimes, we don't hear about all of those things because you and I both know that the biased media will never give this president credit for anything, let alone tout the incredible accomplishments he's had. So we said, why don't we put them all together, put it on a, a very user-friendly website, promiseskept.com, and you can go there, and it's, it's again, very user-friendly and see all these things that are affecting
affecting all of us in such a positive way in this country uh, after Donald Trump took over as commander in chief. So well, pro- we're going to link it to my website because I do try to do this on TV. And I think I'm the only one that actually talks about the success of the president because the media is basically <laughs> fixated on a dead story all this time and all this hyperventilating and all this breathless reporting. And we still have, quote, no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion, but they're still staying on that as as often as they can. Now, with that said, uh, we have discovered and and I think we've done a pretty good job of breaking down that there has been a lot of laws broken, a massive abuse of power and corruption, uh, because we did learn a few things about Hillary violated the law, the Espionage Act. Uh, We do believe and hopefully the inspector general report when it's eventually released will show this that she obstructed justice when she you know deleted those subpoenaed emails and acid washed her hard drive and broke up her devices uh and then of course James Comey Peter Strzok and and then the meeting on the tarmac with Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton and many many others they put the fix in so that Hillary could keep running they rigged the investigation they were writing an exoneration in May and they never interviewed the key participants until two days before they declared her innocence. So I don't really think that, um, you know, if the truth comes out here, uh, that would mean that a lot of people would be at risk of going to jail, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's actually so egregious, the things that we've seen happen, uh, you know, really on the other side of the aisle, on the Democrat side. And the fact that there are not more heads that are, are spinning and more people that are getting locked up right now, it's it's shocking. But I, I really think that the American people are catching on to this and they're saying, hey, wait a minute. And Sean, I have to give you a lot of credit because you night after night are, are calling these people out and saying this is wrong and something should be done about it. And you are one of the very few that do that. So we appreciate that. As an American citizen, I appreciate that. I'm so only, much. I'm a pro, all I'm doing is telling the truth. It's true. And, it's, and, true, and it's really not that complicated. This, I do believe that this has been a witch hunt. You know, imagine, let's reverse roles here and imagine it was Donald Trump who committed all the crimes I just mentioned. And, you know, I can't imagine the FBI, FBI not charging him. But more importantly, you know, there is a Russia connection in all of this, and that is that Hillary Clinton's campaign. Right. <laughs> they funneled money to a law firm. That law firm hired a op research group that hires a foreign national, which I thought was bad, uh, by the name of Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele uses Russian sources. They make now what are debunked, salacious allegations against Donald Trump. And literally, then they take that information, bring it to a FISA court judge, lie to the judge, you know, because Christopher Steele facing perjury in Great Britain in an interrogatory said, oh, no, no, I, I never totally confirmed this. This isn't verified. They gave a judge unverified information and they never told the judge Hillary paid for it. Imagine if it was Trump. Oh, my gosh. Well, I, I say it all the time. Imagine if it was Trump with, with so many different things, because you and I both know they've been digging, Sean, for two years now for anything that they can pin on the president, that they can pin on our campaign. And they have come up with nothing. Yet on the other side of the, the coin, we see that like you're saying, it, it's so absurd that nothing has been done about this. I can't imagine. I mean, believe me, we all oh, have been locked up by now. If, if we even had a oh, you'd be bringing it. me a cake with a file in it tomorrow. <laughs> yes, uh, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Laura Trump is with us. Uh, we'll put it up on our website, promiseskept.com. Uh, I think every American should look at it because you kind of forget. Everybody gets lost in the news of the day. And you know what? The country is is 
on a much better trajectory than it's been in, in 15 years. All right, as we continue, Lara Trump is with us. Um, now, I know you, you're friends with Melania and obviously Ivanka, and you've been through this yourself. So Melania recently has surgery. And you know what? From what I heard, it was, you know, it was a, she was in the hospital a number of days. So it had to be a pretty severe surgery. And I heard she's doing well. But you watch the way the media is treating Melania. And you just I, I, I cannot believe that any Democrat that says they have this monopoly of compassion for women would ever treat any woman this way. Now, she has been seen in public in spite of reports but there's all sorts of accusations. Well, maybe the president hit her. Or maybe the president, maybe she's recovering from injuries. And I don't even know how to deal with that type of conspiracy theory and lies. What is your reaction? Well, you're right, Sean. I mean, listen, it was a very serious surgery um, that Melania had. She is doing great. And, and as the president told everyone, doing very well. We finally, you know, she finally made a public appearance today. But, I mean, it's only been two weeks. And anybody who's ever been admitted to the hospital or had any sort of a surgery knows, you know, this is it's a big deal. You don't just come out two days later uh, feeling great and able to, to be on camera and, and on. She needed to rest and recover. But... Um, the the way that she has been treated and the, the theories and all of the just chaos around this, it's unreal. And unfortunately, it's not something that's very foreign to all of us because, you know, we know that nothing that any Trump family member can do is ever going to be right or accepted or applauded by anyone. But, I mean, my gosh, give her a break. She She needed to recover. She needed to take a little time for herself. She did that. She's back at it. And, um, you know, I, I give her a lot of credit. She handles everything with such grace and dignity and poise, and um, it, it can't be easy, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you're also working on, you know, the re-election campaign, Keeping America Great. I mean, you already have a slogan. Do you have hats and everything? Yeah, we do. Keep America Great. I mean, listen, we wanted to make America great again in 2016. That was what the president has has said he always wanted to do. And now we see that happening. So the, the new slogan for 2020 is keep America great. And, you know, I think that I, I, I say it all the time, but I think that the, the president is, is doing such a great job right now that he will easily get reelected in 2020. Because I, I always think that there are so many people out there who are now seeing their lives improve because of this president. And some of these people may not have voted for him in 2016. But you know what? Even if they go in that voting booth and don't tell anyone, I can guarantee you there are going to be a lot more people who vote for Donald Trump in 2020. Because what you see happening in our country, the feeling in our country, uh, you know, the way that people are able to be successful again, I, I mean, you can't ignore it. And people feel it all the time. Eric and mm -hmm. I actually just had lunch, uh, you know, the other day and, and had several people come up to us and say, you know, our lives are so much better now. Thanks to your dad. Thanks to the president. And, you know, I, I think it's so great and, and he never gets enough credit for it. But people in this country really do feel it. And um, we're excited. I'm excited for another another campaign after hearing that whole montage. I'm ready to go right now. But, um, <laughs> well, Laura yeah, Trump, but it's going to be great. We love having you on the program. Thanks for being with us. Congratulations on day 501. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Senator Rand Paul will join us next. We'll get to your calls also. Final hour free for all straight ahead on the Sean Hannity show. So a lot of the facts have been conveniently omitted. 
to make the story work. But I think partly because they're frustrated that they got all these serious allegations against the current occupant of the Oval Office and his voters don't seem to care. I think I did the right thing. I defended the Constitution. You think this president's been given a pass with regards to the, the, the women who have come forward and accused him of sexual misconduct? Oh, well, I think that uh, no, but it hadn't gotten anything like the coverage that you would expect. Looking back on what happened then through the lens of Me Too now, do you do you think differently or feel more responsibility? No, I felt terrible then. And I came to grips with it. Did and you ever apologize? No, and to no, yes. And nobody believes that I got out of that for free. I left the White House 16 million dollars in debt. But you typically have ignored gaping facts in describing this, and I bet you don't even know them. This was litigated 20 years ago. Two-thirds of the American people sided with me. They were not insensitive to that. I had a sexual harassment policy when I was governor in the 80s. I had two women chiefs of staff when I was governor. Women were overrepresented in the attorney general's office in the 70s for their percentage in the bar. I've had nothing but women leaders in my office since I left. What does any of that have to do with what he did to Paula Jones? I, I had women work for me in high positions. What does that have to do with the rape allegation by Juanita Broderick or Kathleen Willey or the host of other issues in Monica Lewin? What does it have to do with any of that? I, I mean, it's like saying, well, I was nice to women on other occasions. I mean, no, you were, you were Me Too or the grandfather of the Me Too movement. Anyway, glad you're with us. Uh, final hour, Sean Hannity Show. Toll-free telephone numbers, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky is pretty fired up about Clinton and what he's been out there saying. And, you know, it's just unbelievable to me that, you know, really until November 9th, the Clintons all through the last campaign, they got a pass on all of this. The media didn't go in deep on any of it. And they didn't because as long as the Clintons believed as they believed, well, they would prefer to have them in office over Donald Trump, but they became expendable on November 9th, 2016. How are you? Very good. I'm thinking poor, poor, pitiful Bill Clinton. My goodness, do you not feel sorry for the guy? Do you know he was bankrupt before he made his last $100 million? And so, I mean, it's my goodness, we should feel sorry for him. And my favorite part of the interview was when he said he was asked, did you apologize? And he combined the words no and yes. You heard him say no, yes, no, yes. <laughs> so it's a, a, a typical Clintonism to sort of combine no and yes, and it was somewhere in between whether he apologized. But he still doesn't get it. He thinks somehow he was the victim. And I want to know in what world it's okay for the president of the United States to have sex with a 20-year-old under his desk at the work place. No CEO in the country would that would have ever been tolerated, even in the time of Clinton. But when you listen to the mainstream press back then, do you know what they were saying? It was just a consensual affair. It had nothing to do with the workplace. Yeah, it was at the workplace with an intern. It had everything to do with the workplace. And yet the women from the Democrat Party were completely quiet and also complicit. And it's about time he gets his comeuppance. Let me ask you, I see that your fellow Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell actually made a decision I like, and that is no vacation in August. And he cited obstructionism of the Democrats as one of the reasons. But, you know, from my perspective, you know, look at where we were back in February. I mean, the generic ballot polling for the midterm elections had Republicans down by, you know, 17 points. And now that's turned around. It's plus two Republican and, and some even higher. Some are even. 
Uh, but certainly there's been a turnaround. I would argue that the Trump economy, the tax cuts, uh, deregulation, I think the president's foreign policy, keeping his promises have all led to a, a better position for all Republicans. To me, there's two things that need to get done by November. One, fund the wall fully. And two, you got to get back to health care and you got to come up with a better solution. I know we got rid of the individual mandate, but it's got to be more. Yeah, I think we should repeal Obamacare. We all promised to repeal Obamacare. I've voted every time to repeal Obamacare, but we lost about six Republicans who promised they would repeal it. And then when they got up here, they got a little bit weak in the knees and they actually voted to keep Obamacare. So, yeah, absolutely, we should do that. But I think we should not forget what a big deal this tax cut is for the economy. You know, the fullest employment we've had in decades, I think we're going to reach 4% or beyond in did, economic did you, growth. Did you see this news that for the first time on record the number of job openings in the u.s exceeds the number of unemployed americans that's never happened before 14 states now have record low unemployment numbers uh the lowest ever for african americans hispanic americans and women in the workplace i mean those are all i mean i mean amazing results right Everywhere I go, the number one complaint I'm getting from uh, managers at plants is they can't find enough workers. So you talk about a booming economy. I meet people who have been in business 30 and 40 years who say they have never sensed this degree of enthusiasm. So the thing is, is it's going to be hard, I think, come November for people to say they want a new party in charge of their government when, you know, their, their, their hourly wages are rising, incomes are rising. Like four million people have gotten a bonus or a raise in our country. It is just incredible what's going on. And here's the thing is, the Democrats think, oh, I'm a Democrat senator from Indiana, and I'm going to vote for a couple of Trump appointees to show I'm bipartisan. Well, not one Democrat senator voted for the tax cut. That's the biggest vote of the last decade, and not one of them voted for it. And I think the voters are going to remember that. Well, I, I hope you're right. Let's talk about where we are in terms of this Mueller investigation. I mean, we have a bunch of news. For two weeks now, the inspector general's report uh, has been, you know, in the hands of people at the DOJ. And I assume they're begging and pleading and hoping and praying that they can get modifications to it. Now, we did learn a number of things in the last uh, day about it. Number one, the IG report accuses Comey of insubordination. It looks like uh, Andrew McCabe wants to cut some type of plea deal. Uh, Then you look at you know, for two weeks now, they haven't handed it over to the American people. And I'd say if it's not handed over today, then going into the uh, North Korean summit with the president and Kim Jong-un, I would say they're just trying to bury it. What do you suspect? I think the big picture moral of this whole thing is uh, a country like ours shouldn't have the FBI and the CIA involved in all kinds of campaigns on both sides or either side. We need to stay out of campaigning and let voters decide these things. And they can say all along this had something to do with the Russians. No, this was President Obama leaving office and saying, get as much dirt as you can, spread it around as much as you can, and then never really understanding or letting people know that the dirt was generated by the Clinton campaign and really was opposition research. It wasn't FBI findings. The whole thing started by the Clinton campaign, and then we have the FBI infiltrating all the different campaigns. I think it's really an abuse of power. Well, I I agree, too. It's a massive abuse of power. Um, A lot of people, I mean, look at what's happened here. Did you have any doubt that Hillary Clinton broke the law when she put that email server with classified top secret special access programming information when she tried to avoid congressional oversight by putting it in that 
mom and pop shop bathroom closet, Platts River Network. Do you think she was obstructing justice when she deleted subpoenaed emails and acid washed her hard drive and broke up devices? Do you have any doubt? Well, see, I was undecided until she got the hammer out and started hitting the computer with a hammer. Then I think she was probably obstructing justice. Well, it was actually an yeah. aide, if you're going to be fair. <laughs> the, aide, the aide got the hammer duty, but they acid washed the hard drive. Did you ever hear a bleach bit before? Uh, Hillary no, Clinton? I, I had never heard of any of this before, and it's amazing that, you know, the one guy who n- knew and did a lot of the technical stuff for her was actually given immunity, right? Correct. So it, the whole thing stinks. And by the way, she to got bottom. to bring, who gets to bring their own attorneys that are involved in the case? Uh, they get immunity, and they get to be in the interview with her. And that, did you ever hear about an, an a, a literally exoneration letters being written? Months before you actually do the investigation and interview the key people, the key witnesses in a case. It stinks to high heaven, but the big picture is also this. You don't want government to have too much power concentrated in any one hand. And so when you have the intelligence agencies, this isn't 1776 where they might open your mail or come in your house. Everything is accessible. We need more controls and more rules so intelligence agencies cannot eavesdrop. Can you imagine what they would do to an ordinary citizen? They did this to President Trump as a candidate. Can you imagine what they could do to an ordinary uh, citizen? If you talk to people like Bill Binney, they think that everything is being metadata stored by our government. Do you believe that's true? Uh, on metadata, yes. In fact, you know, we they quit storing it in Utah, but they still store it at the phone company, and they can go get it without a warrant. So this is a big problem, and I've been fighting for this. You should have to ask a judge. You should have to ask a judge to well, look at metadata and to look at any whoa, whoa, slow down a second. You mean, are you allowed to, for example, lie to a FISA court judge? Would that be acceptable? Absolutely not. You can't present half the information and say, oh, we forgot to tell you this came from the Clinton campaign either. Yeah. And but, you can't uh, and you would just you would kind of have to tell the judge at, in the original application and subsequent applications that the guy that put it together got funneled money through a law firm, through a group called Fusion GPS into the hands of a foreign national uh, using fake and government Russian sources that he, in an interrogatory under the threat of perjury, said, oh, no, no, that's raw intelligence, maybe 50-50. That was used to get FISA warrants on on Carter Page and a Trump campaign associate. Well, there are two primary reasons I tell people why you should have to get a warrant, and they're named Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. Those people, now Lisa's gone, but Peter Strzok's still there. They still have the power to look up anybody. They have the power to type Sean Hannity into a database, and if you've ever talked to anybody overseas or ever talked to anybody who's talked to anybody overseas, you may well be in this database. They should not be able to type your name in, my name in, or anybody else's name in without asking a judge because you want that impartial judge to decide is there evidence particular to that individual? Does it have probable cause they committed a crime? You can't just let these agents have every bit of our information or we're going to live in a police state. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue more with Rand Paul, uh, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. We'll get to your calls at the bottom of this half hour. And as we continue, Rand Paul, the great senator uh, from Kentucky, is with us. So we're waiting two weeks from the, for this report. Now, you've been watching the slow walking. Congress has the constitutional authority and actual duty uh, to perform one function of oversight, do they not? 
Yeah, but you know, the one thing that I'm excited about is that there is a branch of government called the Inspector Generals, and I think they are really independent. They do try to do a good job. So the Inspector General here, who's been looking into this malfeasance, he discovered the Peter Strzok and Lisa Page text messages. I think he really is trying to do a good job, and I think the report is going to be a blockbuster. And uh, we've already been hearing uh, things from it. So I really think that this is a process. But the problem is he can't set up a grand Now, I know like in the case of McCabe, they had a criminal referral after his report came out and and that was a pretty hard hitting report. But here's my problem. It's been out for two weeks. It's been in the hands of Rod Rosenstein. He's the very same person that has been slow walking and obstructing Congress and not handing over subpoenaed documents. Uh, He's been stonewalling every step of the way. And I just don't have confidence that in this two week period or longer that he's not going to be trying to persuade Michael Horowitz or telling him when to release the document. Maybe he's going to release it on June 12th, the day of the summit, or maybe he's going to persuade him to alter or change it, or maybe he's writing comments just trying to debunk it, and as which he can do as a means of of basically taking all the sting out of it. And then that means Congress has to come in afterwards. And at what point do we ever get people that break laws in Washington held accountable like we would be? I think it's going to be something extraordinary here that you have inspector generals who actually are, are not partisan. They try very hard not to be. And I think you're going to be surprised. I mean, this I think this investigation has been thorough. I haven't seen the report, but it has been thorough. And I have met the inspector general, this particular one. I think he's somebody who takes great honor in his job and in being thorough. And many of these people do. Many of these people are the ones who investigate waste in government and they point out things. We have the inspector general come and tell us about you know, $90 million hotels in Afghanistan that were never completed and that are now a danger to our soldiers and are going to have to be torn down. So they really do a good job at finding this. It's really the problem is in your elected officials that your elected officials don't have the courage of conviction to do anything about it. No, I think that's a big, huge problem. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm agreeing with you a thousand percent. What, what really scares me is that I know if I, if, if I had subpoenaed emails and I decided to delete them, and I decided to acid wash my hard drive and I beat him up with a hammer, I would think I would probably be going to jail. And I think most Americans would think that. And if the law says you can't put classified materials, look at Christian Saucier. Six pictures from a submarine got him a year in jail. Hillary Clinton has literally special access programming, the highest level of, of, you know, intelligence on her hard drive. She doesn't get in trouble. Why would Americans? People, what? people are offended by two levels of justice, where the Clintons have one level of justice and everybody else gets the same. The fact that an enlisted guy or one of our soldiers inappropriately put a picture up and got jail, and Hillary Clinton did something a thousand times over uh, worse and got nothing. Yes, I think every person in the world who's an ordinary person is out there saying, how come the Clintons have a different kind of justice than the rest of us? No, I think that's extraordinarily well said. Uh, Rand Paul, thank you, and I'm glad you guys have to finally work one August. Uh, sorry, but the rest of us have to work all of August. You guys get more vacation than anybody I've ever seen. Well, we're doing something important today. We're going to be discussing the constitutionality of when we go to war and whether Congress goes to war. It is whether important. The president can do it on its own. Well, I'm going to so say one thing. Colleagues down here testifying. Judge Napolitano will be testifying in a few minutes before our hearing. We better stop this process of going to war. And then politicizing it and then saying, never mind, after we lose, you know, precious American lives and limbs and sacrifice and blood and treasure. Because we've done that in Vietnam. We did it in Iraq. If you're going to fight a war, win the war. 
We'd be much more unified if we did it the way the Constitution said, and that's that Congress has to vote on going to war. president doesn't get to decide on his own. I appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. We'll come back. Your phone call's coming up next. Straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. All right, let's get to our busy phones. Uh, Marshall is in the great state of Florida. Sunshine all around, sir. How are you? Glad you called. I'm fine, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I would love to say, if I may, I'm so nervous talking to you, and I don't know why, because you're well, such a down-to-earth guy. Well, yeah. Well, would you be nervous? Just two friends talking on the phone, only, you know, 16 million or so people listening. Not a big deal. Sean, I'm an over-the-road truck driver. Yes, sir. And er- everywhere I go, I run from Florida to Arizona and, and all across country. Everywhere I go, I see jobs, and I'm not talking McDonald's. They'll always be hiring. But, I, Sean, I'm talking uh, Florence, Kentucky, Johnson Controls, big banners outside the building, hiring, now hiring, uh, Clopay Door, Dayton, Ohio, PPG. When's the last time you've seen PPG putting out an advertisement? And here's, here's a couple of others. Uh, one for the ladies. A few months ago, the, the company that was going to file bankruptcy and throwed everybody into a tiz about Oh, my God, what do we do without Twinkies? We won't have no more Twinkies. I'm talking about Dolly Madison, Columbus, Georgia. Same thing. Big banner. All on, the whole side of the building. Now hiring. Apply online. Okay, here's one for you because we're about the same age. When is the last time you've heard of U.S. Steel hiring? They've got a big banner outside of Detroit hiring. U.S. Steel, jobs. Apply online. It's just jobs, jobs everywhere president trump is just knocking this thing plump out of the ballpark center field i I, listen i I will tell you and i read this you know statistic earlier in the program today i mean just look at the economic numbers that just it should take your breath away and it's really simple for the first time ever on record the number of job openings in the u.s now exceeds the number of unemployed americans and it's unbelievable even my even my job, uh, my boss man, he owns three tractor trailers. It, 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 we're doing so good now that the economy's boosted. He's actually thinking about buying two or three more trucks, hiring more drivers. I mean, how much better does it have to get before people go will wake up, especially the Democrats? You know. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, look, I'm going to tell you. I, you know, sometimes I just worry. The one good thing that's happening is the American people are now seeing through the Mueller witch hunt. You can see the American people are giving the president credit for the economic turnaround. Uh, you know, every statistic now speaks more loudly than the previous one. You know, we had gotten into a mindset that, oh, 1%, 1.5% growth was the new normal. Well, I mean, if if the Atlanta Fed turns out being even remotely right about the second quarter, and they're predicting 4.8% GDP growth, they, they if it's 3%, it's going to be spectacular for the American people. And, you know, to have more jobs than you have people able to fill them. Wow. We should always have those types of problems. Those are good problems to have. Uh, that means that means there'll be more competition for workers. That means there'll be higher wages and better benefits for workers. That means there'll be, you know, hopefully more production and uh, opportunities for people to climb the ladder. That's what America's supposed to be about. And that's what we've been fighting for. Anyway, Marshall, thank you. You did great, and thanks for what you do over the road. And um, I just, uh, 
Really appreciate it. Everything you have in every store, you know you got there by a trucker. Just remember that on a rainy day when you're following a big 18-wheeler and all of the water's flying into your windshield and you can barely see. Just remember he's bringing something important, probably, maybe maybe life-saving pharmaceuticals to a drugstore uh, because pretty much everything we consume comes from them. Amy, Colorado, what's up, Amy? How are you? And we are glad you called. Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. So happy to talk to you. Happy to talk uh, to you. What's I happening? Yeah, I just wanted to contemplate, you know, the president's first 500 days. It's absolutely unbelievable. With this investigation hanging over his head, he's still gotten North Korea. He's, he's tackling the NFL. He beat cable news. He's, I mean, it's unreal, everything he's accomplished on top of the economic numbers. And, you know, the Iran deal, it's like he has a ch- that checklist and he's checking each and everything off that list. It's unbelievable. And I, it, it, it totally changed everything in this country. Uh, that's the good news. And I, you know what? Now I think the American people get it. You know, I think uh, there was a lot of intrigue in the beginning about, uh-oh, is there collusion? Was there collusion? And it's amazing how the whole story is now boomerang back on the Democrats. And in large part because of the... The people we have partnered with on this program and on TV, and we're unpeeling every layer of that onion every day and every night, and we've been able to show the biggest abuse of power scandal in the country. And now we've got criminal referrals against the deputy FBI director. And now we have uh, reports today that, you know, people like James Comey are in big legal jeopardy today. And the IG report saying that uh, reports of insubordination... And I'm told that things are going to get pretty bad on all fronts for a lot of people in the deep state. And what they did is wrong. And what they did has been corrupt. And it is an abuse of power. And it needs to be fixed. Otherwise, we risk losing our country. The fact that Hillary gets to skate, well, that's not equal justice under the law or equal application of our laws. You know, look at that. Throwing the book at poor Christian Saucier had six photographs on his on his phone because he's proud that he worked for the U.S. Navy. And he worked in a submarine. Well, he got prosecuted. Hillary has, you know, our nation's top secrets. And even Comey instructs original draft of the exoneration letter before they even investigated. You know, even then they suggested six foreign intelligence services had hacked into Hillary's uh, private email server. I mean, all and then, of course, the obstruction aspect and, of course, the FISA court abuse. You know, we've got some real, real issues that we've got to resolve here as a country, or we cease to be this great, you know, republic that we are. And our republic is founded on constitutional order. And that is the foundation for our laws. And that's what should should concern every American. Uh, thank you, Amy. Kurt is in Utah. Kurt, hi. How are you, KNRS? What's going on, sir? Hey, Sean. It's nice to talk to you once again. Um, I have one point, but before I get to that, I got to make a comment on what you said yesterday about you're never going to write another book? I don't want to write another book. Oh, my kids and I are looking, we were looking uh, forward to your next It's a lot. It's, it's so much work. Um, and I, you know, my, my thought, I'll tell you my thought process. I'm on the air four hours a day. And everything that I really am, I want to say, I'm saying every day. And uh, although I could write the book, everything I've, I wanted to tell you that likely would have gotten me fired, I could write that book. <laughs> no, 
No, we need you where you are. That's good. No, I, I'm just messing. Um, listen, I uh, I appreciate the confidence, though. You know, but I'm listen. You get it all for free. And all you have to do is tune in three hours a day and one hour at night, although I know you have to pay for your cable system or your satellite system. And I, you know, I can't help that. That's not my, I don't have anything to do with that. (laughs) I never miss them. But, hey, the reason why I called is, you know, during those eight horrible years of Obama, how he micromanaged everything. Mm -hmm. His fingers were involved in everything. And now with this whole investigation thing going on, and all these top people in the administration are coming out, fighting and fighting and fighting, trying to you know, protect Obama. Could that somehow be a signal that Obama is still running this? I think the biggest signal is the struck page text message that we broke last week that shows that they're talking about all of this being run through the Obama White House. And I think yeah. the other big indication was in the New York Times piece, you know, where they were describing Alexander Downer and, and this guy Papadopoulos and they're getting drunk together. And apparently the State Department at the highest levels had to negotiate the FBI's ability to do an interview with this guy Downer, who had we now know donated twenty five million dollars to the Clinton Foundation. Now, I'm thinking here that those negotiations likely went to the top. That probably would be at the time John Kerry. And probably Barack Obama himself. You just can't go interviewing, having the FBI interview, you know, Australian or foreign diplomats. That's not how the process works. You've heard of diplomatic immunity. So it's pretty interesting. And uh, I think that at the end of the day, I think names like Clapper and Brennan and certainly Comey and Susan Rice. And I want to know what Valerie Jarrett and Ben Rhodes and a bunch of other people Samantha Powers, why would she be unmasking a person a day? All these people, all the abuse of power goes right to the top, in my opinion. And I think it's eventually going to get there, slowly but surely. I wish I could make it do, I'm, I wish I could make it happen faster, but, you know, we're doing the best we can, I can tell you that. Uh, thank you, Kurt. Sandy is in California. Sandy, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. I am, as a, a Republican, really disappointed that our leadership uh, like Trey Gowdy and Paul Ryan, can't understand what a terrible abuse of power has occurred towards the American people and the, the President of the United States, President Trump. Everything that these people did in the Obama administration and the FBI was intended to undermine Trump, from leaking Michael Flynn's name uh, putting out the dossier and us not even finding out till a year later that it was actually, you know, paid for by Hillary, to Comey not telling the American people in the beginning of Trump's administration that he wasn't even a target, to finding out later on that a spy or spies were placed into the campaign, and then they didn't even take the time to try to inform President Trump as to what's going on, while at the same time, uh, Democrats getting away with everything. Um, I just want more American people to understand that there's something truly wrong with the uh, people in the Democrat uh, higher echelon, and that's included in Congress, that they're okay with this abuse of power. And I want the Republicans to quit being so weak about it. I'd like to see Paul Ryan and Trey Gowdy understand that what happened there 
was terrible not just for Trump and his campaign, but for the American people. We can't allow a terrible abuse of power like this to occur without there being consequences. And they just, they seem so silent most of the time. It's almost like Trump's the only guy fighting for us, and he is being very successful getting things done. And I just hope lots of us get out there and vote to try to keep Republicans in power. I think that's important, because even a weak Republican's better than the Democrats. Who well, are this okay. election, let me just tell you, this is going to be the most important midterm in your life. And it's really about four big issues. And what it's about is really simple. They want to impeach Donald Trump. They want to raise your taxes. They want to keep Obamacare. And they don't want a border wall. They want open borders. That's what it's going to be about. And while they're going to hide their real intention of impeaching the president, while they're going to not, you know, they've been outwardly saying they want to raise taxes. You want to run on raising taxes? Good luck with that. But I'm telling you, it's uh, it should be historic here because this is now the Democrats wanting to undo the 2016 election. And I will tell you, they will impeach him. They'll find totally a reason agree. to impeach him. I agree. And um, I <laughs> I wish that Newt Gingrich could could talk to some of these Republicans and say, hey, let's get together, let's run on what the American people think is important. And you know what's important? It's putting the American people first. And that doesn't mean allowing criminals to come across the border. And that's what's happening, and that's what the Democrats encourage. And uh, I just wish they'd get together, they'd fight for what's right, and recognize that you can't allow this terrible abuse of power. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank you, Sandy. 800-941-SHAWN. We have time for one more minute here uh, as we say hi to Sandra is in uh, Michigan. Hey, Sandra, how are you? Glad you called. Good. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I'm so upset about what's happening to Melania and her surgery. It is absolutely despicable. I mean, if Michelle Obama had surgery, Good Morning America would have doctors on discussing what happened to her. They would have a Gatwell card on Facebook. Twitter would be exploding, sign the card for Michelle. I mean, this is just insane what they have done to, uh, to Melania. It's just horrible. She had surgery, major surgery. What did they expect her to do? You know, it's just, it's beyond me. I, I just can't take this anymore. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's, you know, and she was seen by four journalists. They just didn't say anything. And it's just so outrageous, the speculation. She has to put out two statements in a week about the whole thing. That's going to wrap things up for today. All right, there is a lot, a lot happening as it relates to the deep state and all the information that we're going to get into tonight. Uh, Giuliani now saying Mueller is out to frame Trump. The IG report accuses Comey of insubordination. Why won't they release the full report? Then we've got, well, Peter Strzok was more involved than anybody ever thought. McCabe ready to flip on Comey. And yeah, there's FBI officials and rank and file that are ready to testify in like five seconds against the leadership. We'll break it down in a way the rest of the media will not. Oh, and by the way, Mueller wants witnesses' phones. What'll happen if they break them up with hammers? I'm just wondering. That's all coming up tonight, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. We'll see you then. Don't miss it. We have Sarah, Greg, Gorka, uh, Joe DeGeneva, much more. Hope you'll join us. See you back here tomorrow. See you tonight at 9. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, 
Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.